Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. everybody's doing well. Let me just say it's a privilege to be here. Uh, it's always a privilege to be at Oakland Heights Baptist Church. Uh, I love your church, and I love your pastor, and uh, as a dear friend and uh, brother in the Lord, and uh, we do have a lot of history. If you want to know more about that history, you can buy me coffee a little bit later, and I can give you some dirt on your pastor. Uh, and so I see hands going up already, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, if you got a Bible this morning, John chapter 4 is where we're going to be, and I want to get right uh, into the message to make the most of our time. Thank you again for the privilege of being here. Uh, let me just say this by way of testimony very quickly. I got saved at the age of 21 in college. My best friend in college led me to Christ, uh, invited me to, to come be a part of his local church, uh, Decatur Baptist Church, and it was there uh, that I got introduced to a relationship with God through a process called discipleship uh, that helped me grow in my walk with God. And so as we, we spend the next few days together talking about discipleship and the ministry of discipleship, I just want you to know that by God's grace, I'm a product of that. I'm a product of discipleship. I'm a product of local church ministry. Uh, I don't know much, uh, but I, I love the Lord, and I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. And so uh, with that being said, I, we're going to look at the Bible this morning because God's word is truth for us, and we can, we can understand some things from God's word. In John chapter 4, we have this this famous passage about the interaction between Jesus Christ and the Samaritan woman. And, and we're going we're gonna to kind of hit different aspects of this, this passage this morning, but our main text is in, in John 4, verses 27 to 34. And, and if you've read this passage in your Bible, you know that Jesus Christ must needs go through Samaria, and he has this divine appointment with this Samaritan woman. He wanted to introduce her to the living water, she had a search and a need in her life for physical water, and yet that physical need was really a picture of her real spiritual need that she had as, as she needed a relationship with Christ. And so there's this interaction that happens between Christ and this woman, and it's an amazing conversation, and we'll get to bits and pieces of that in a second. But, but listen, if you know the history, the Samaritans and the Jews didn't have any dealings with each other, and so this was a unique conversation for Christ to engage in. And it was upon this conversation that his disciples came back from the city. As a matter of fact, earlier in the chapter, we see that his disciples had gone into the city to buy meat because, because they're hungry, right? And, and so you need meat. And, and so they go into the city to buy meat, and they missed the entire conversation that Christ had with the Samaritan woman. And so the Bible says in John 4 and verse 27, and upon this came his disciples. And this is the conversation that Christ is having with the Samaritan woman. And they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? When they went out of the city, they came unto him. In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Remember, because they had gone into the city to get meat. And here's the key in verse 32. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. 
Therefore saith the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. And so this morning, the message is entitled, The Meat of the Matter of the Mission. And, 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 and for maybe the English speakers in the room, that's an idiom that, that we use many times, the meat of the matter. Let's get to the meat of the matter, right? Let's, let's strip away all the external peripheral things and get to the main point of what we need to talk about. And so this morning, really, my, my heart's goal is to set up our, our, our theme and our tone for the conference that we must be about discipleship because it truly is the meat of the matter of the mission that God has left us to accomplish. Now listen, historically, we find John chapter 4 right between the first and the second miracles that Jesus Christ is performing. His first miracle was in John chapter 2, the turning of the water into the wine. His second miracle is going to be later in John chapter 4 with the healing of the nobleman's son. And so this passage this, the, the, that we're studying this morning is right between those first and second miracles, and it's also on the heels of John the Baptist's ministry beginning to decrease. And so as Christ's ministry is increasing and his disciples are increasing their ministry, John the Baptist even said uh, in John chapter 3 that I must decrease, he must increase, right? And, and so there's this transition of of, of authority and also transition of, of fame, if you will, in Christ's ministry. And that's, that's where we find ourselves in John chapter 4. And so, and so there's, a, there's an, an, an amazing thing that's happening. Doctrinally, Christ has to go to Samaria to fulfill prophecy, and we'll get to that in a second. But listen, if you know the Old Testament, you know that Israel was divided between 10 northern tribes and, and two southern tribes, and, and the kingdom was split after Solomon's reign, and Samaria became the capital of those northern kingdoms or northern tribes. And every one of those evil kings of Israel that, that ruled and reigned from Samaria, they were evil, they were wicked. Jerusalem was the capital of the southern kingdom. And listen, Christ's heart, many of you know this in the Gospels, is to offer the kingdom to Israel. And he, his heart is to offer it to all of Israel. And so in John chapter 4, he must needs go through Samaria because, because there's a remnant there that need to be restored. They need to have an offer from the king for the kingdom. And, and so Christ is showing us a, a, a microcosm of missions. He, he's fulfilling prophecy through that. But, but listen, devotionally, we can look at this passage and we can see a pattern of missional ministry. As a matter of fact, if you trace Christ's movement through the early part of the book of John... You find him in John chapter 2 and verse 23 in Jerusalem. He was in Jerusalem at the Passover, at the feast day. But then in John chapter 3 and verse 22, you find Christ in Judea. And all of a sudden, this begins to sound familiar with other parts of our Bible, right? And in John chapter 4, we find him in Samaria. And then in John 4 and verse 45, we find Christ in, in Galilee. And, 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 and that sounds eerily familiar to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where, where Christ commanded his disciples to be witnesses unto Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and ultimately to the uttermost of the earth. And so in John chapter 4, we have a microcosm of the mission and what we're to be about and how we're to do it. And so devotionally this morning, we're going to take this approach and look at this scripture and learn what God would have us to be about as his children this morning. And so, and so look back at verse 4, John chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible says, and he, Christ, 
must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. And, and the first point of study this morning is this. The mission of making disciples must be a priority. It must be a priority. And, and listen, the mission of making disciples always begins with going. It always begins with evangelism. And listen, that word must in your Bible is a powerful word. It means something is essential, it's, it's obligatory, it's necessary, it's required. It's like me in the morning. I must have coffee. <laughs> it's not a might. It's not a maybe. It's not optional. Bad things happen. Okay, I must have coffee. And, and so James is a gracious host, and, and every morning he's been making me some amazing espresso drinks, and, uh, and life is good. Nobody's got harmed, and everything is well. And so, and so listen, Christ must needs go through Samaria. And listen, for him it wasn't optional. It was, it was strategic. It was purposeful. It was intentional. And listen, if we're going to make disciples, we must be about evangelism. We must be about evangelism. You say, well, this sounds a whole lot like missions conference. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. And, and let's not separate the two. Let's be missional and win people to Christ with the gospel, but then let's train them to become fishers of men as Christ commanded, right? It, it's not either or, it's yes and both. And so the mission must be a priority for us. And listen, that word must is significant. As a matter of fact, when we study Christ's life, there are a few things that he must do. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21, the, the priority that Christ had to enter into Samaria is the same priority that he had that would lead him to the cross. Look at Matthew 16 and verse 21. It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. You see it again in Mark chapter 8 and verse 31. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. He must and listen, can I just tell you that, that as a recipient of Christ's forgiveness through his redemption on the cross, I am thankful that Christ's motivation concerning my redemption and your redemption wasn't based on a maybe or a might. It was based on a must. And listen, because Christ had that strategy and urgency and priority, we must as well. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem in my life. Here's the problem in your life. For many of us Christians, must go has been replaced with might go or won't go concerning the mission. And, and even the ministry of discipleship, because it begins with evangelism, most of us just say, well, I might do that and I might not. I won't do that, even though I know I'm supposed to do that. Instead of I must go, it's turned into I might go, or, or it's turned into I won't go, or hey, you know, if I had coffee this morning, I'll go, but otherwise I won't go. If I'm, I'm feeling good about it today, I'll go. Listen, Christ's Christ entrance into Samaria, and, and this is the key in your notes, his mission was necessary to fulfill prophecy because he's trying to restore a nation. He's trying to restore the nation of Israel. He's offering them the kingdom and for him going into Samaria, it was necessary to fulfill prophecy. But listen, for you and I, the mission is necessary to fulfill our purpose. Yeah. 
It is necessary to fulfill our purpose as God's children. And discipleship always begins with evangelism. And, and listen, without going, there is no one to disciple. Uh, we can have a discipleship conference and get excited about it and talk about spiritual growth processes and seven stages of growth and seven things to add to our faith, and we're going to talk about all those things. But if there's no one to take through that process, we can't make disciples. We have to be focused on the mission, and the mission begins with evangelism. So look at Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 to 31. This is a passage that many times God uses and, and brings my heart back to, to to get me focused. Matthew 21 is this story of, of a man with two sons, right? Uh, it says in verse 20, 28, But what think ye, a certain man had two sons? And he came to the first and he said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and he went. And he came to the second and he said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Verse 31. Whether of, the, whether of them twain did the will of his father. Which one did what God wanted them to do? Which one... Which son was obedient to fulfill the will of his father? And they said unto him, well, the first, because he repented and went. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. So for you and I, concerning discipleship, concerning the mission at hand of evangelism and discipleship, we have to settle the issue of priority. It has to become a must, not a maybe, not a might, and listen, I don't know about you, and I don't know about people in Georgia, but I, I, know, I know church. I've been around a minute or two. You can look at me and say, well, you've been around more than, more than a minute. <laughs> Your hair's falling out, and you've got the gray in the beard. and, and uh, Yeah, okay, so yeah, I've been around for a minute. I, I, don't, I don't know every church. I don't know every situation. Here's what I know. Not every church has 100% participation in the mission. Not everyone has 100% participation in the ministry of discipleship and in the ministry of evangelism. And listen, we can blame that on pastors, personality, philosophy of discipleship. We can blame it on the preaching. We can blame it on anything we want. But the, the reality for most Christians is they've never settled the issue of priority. They've never settled the issue of priority. And listen, Christian, what else are you going to do with your life? Listen, are you just going to spend your life serving yourself? Or are you going to spend your life doing the will of your Father? Which son will you be? And, and so listen, the mission has to be a priority. And then, and then number two, and this is really the, the, the meat of the message, if you will, because the mission of making disciples should be the meat of our provision. Now, again, for time's sake, we're not going to read the whole chapter. But when you get to John chapter 4, it's very interesting. You have a group of disciples that have gone into the city to get meat, right? So that, that's one group of people. You have a woman, a Samaritan woman, who's come to a well to get water. There are physical needs that are very evident in this passage, and both seem to be a priority. The disciples are interested in getting their meat. They would be, as you, you and I maybe would say, they're out to lunch. And this woman has a, a physical need, and, and she comes to the well. And again, for, for time's sake, 
She's coming to the well at the middle of the day, not the time of day that you would get water from the well. According to Genesis 24, you, you would get water from the evening. And so this w- woman comes to meet a physical need in her life. We know from the story that she has a history. She has sin in her life. But what's interesting to me is that in both groups of people, the disciples of Christ and, and, a, and a Samaritan woman, both hunger and thirst are the, are the issue that they're focused on. And you know, if you study Israel's history in the Old Testament, that was kind of what they were focused on, right? Do you remember when God brought them out of Egypt and, and they're coming through the wilderness to get to Canaan? One of the things they struggled with was the physical needs in their life. As a matter of fact, in Exodus 15, the Bible says in verse 22 that Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and they found no water and they began to murmur, right? Because they were thirsty. And then in Exodus 16, in verse 3, it says, The children of Israel saith unto them, Would to God we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and we did eat bread to the full. For you brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger, meat, and drink. The physical things that, that, that they thought that they needed to give them sustenance and provision. Now listen. When those disciples came back from the city and they began to talk to Christ and they offered him food that they had bought in the city, Master, eat. He said to them in verse 32, he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You say, Jay, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is Christ's meat was the mission. It was the mission. It was engaging the people he needed to engage, the offer of living water to those that needed it, and to reproduce his life into the life of someone else. That was his meat. That was his fuel and his substance. But man, listen, can I just tell you, listen, we, we many times, even as Christians, we, we adopt a psychological worldview instead of a biblical worldview. And so listen, there's, there's this psychologist named Maslow, and many of you may have taken a, a class on psychology in high school or college or whatnot, but Mas, Maslow has this pyramid, this hierarchy of needs that he, that he formulated, and at the very base level of that, that hierarchy of need, it's, it's a triangle, and at the very bottom is physiological needs. In other words, Maslow in his psychology would say, until you have food and air and water and shelter and clothing... You can't move to the next level of need. In other words, you won't be able to do anything with your life until you have those basic necessities. And then, and then the next level of need is safety needs because you need you know, locks on your door and bullets in your gun or whatever. And, and, then, and then past that, you need to feel loved. And then past that, you need to, to have respect and be esteemed. And then finally, you achieve self-actualization. And finally, you can do something of value because all of your other needs are met. Now listen, that sounds, that sounds good for a lost man. But if you have a biblical worldview and you come to the Word of God, you actually see that the meat is the mission. That, that, that the kingdom of God and, and Christ's righteousness comes first. That, that obedience to do the will of God comes first and, and through the mission, God provides everything that we need. And, and so I think this key is in your notes. Listen, 
Many of us operate under a Maslow mentality, even as Christians. And can I just tell you that we need to flip the script. We need to flip the script on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Because Christ said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. It's to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. And, And so the mission for Christ, man, listen, it was the meat. It was the substance, it was the, the, the fuel that he focused on, and everything else fell into place after that, okay? And, and so Matthew chapter 6, many of us uh, have looked at and studied Matthew chapter 6. I understand the kingdom of heaven context and the Sermon on the Mount and all those different things, but, but God gives you a little something in Matthew 6 that you and I need to take away. Look at Matthew 6, verse 25. He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on, is not life more than meat. And some of you are like, man, yeah, but hurry up, get get done so we can get to lunch, right? (laughs) It's more than meat, but not much more, (laughs) so get done. Okay, okay. And and the body, then raiment, in other words, the body is more than just what we put on it. And then if you go down in that passage in verse 31, Jesus says, therefore, take Take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? And wherewith shall we be clothed? Verse 32, and here's, here's how God knows your mail, man. He got, God knows your heart. For after all these things do the, the Gentiles seek. And listen, God knows our heart. God knows our motivation. He calls us as Gentiles out. He says, you know, these Gentiles kind of just focus on that stuff. It's meat and drink, man. It's, it's food and raiment. And that's usually where we spend most of our time, most of our money, most of our energy, most of our emphasis. And he says, listen, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And, and so listen, for the Jews, they were focused on the physical kingdom first. And the admonition from Christ was, listen, you need to seek the kingdom of God first, right? You can't get the literal physical kingdom without the spiritual kingdom. But for us as Gentiles, man, the kingdom of God is what we're to be about. Romans 14 says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And here's here's where we struggle. Man, listen, the woman at the well was the object of the mission. And can I tell you the group of people that missed it? The disciples of Jesus Christ. She was the object of the mission, and the disciples should have been engaged in the mission, but can I just tell you, they were caught observing the mission from a distance. Why? Because they were searching for meat. Now, how does that shake out in our life? Well, it shakes out in priority. It shakes out in, man, let me get my job before I serve God. Let me get married before I serve God. Let me have my family before I serve God. I really need to get discipled, but fill in the blank. I need to get involved in leadership training, but fill in the blank. I need to go out on evangelism nights and and share the gospel with my church and and be a part of the missional focus of my church. But, man, the, the reality is we're looking for the meat first. But the meat has to be the mission. The Bible says in John 4 and verse 8, his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. And John 4, Christ said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. I actually already got meat. You don't even know it. And the meat's the mission. 
meet, the meat is doctrine, all the things that it is. But man, listen, Christ's meat was the mission. And here's what I know. When we study this thing through the Bible, we see this pattern that Christ is exercising all the way through Scripture. So I want to take you all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to look at a guy named Adam. And, and many of you know who Adam is. And you know that God gave Adam a mission. But I want you to pay attention to the order. Because God gave him a mission first. And the promise of meat, second. So, so Genesis chapter 1 and verse 29 is actually the very first mention of meat. And the word meat in the Bible is not just like bacon, okay? It's, it's, uh, that's a joke. It's, it's probably not bacon at all. But it, it's provision. It's sustenance. It's, it's the nourishment that you need. So look at Genesis 1 and verse 29. God said, Behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in, in the which... Uh, is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for what? For meat. But listen, verse 29 comes after verse 28. And you too can be a preacher. Okay, so <laughs> I told you, product of local church, whether you just think that's good or bad now, I don't, I don't know. Can, I, can you back up to verse 28? Because the mission came before the meat, right? Verse 28, God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Reproduce it with, replenish it with sons of God. Man, multiply, that's discipleship. I mean, these are all the things that we look back to as, as pictures and types in the Old Testament of evangelism and discipleship and biblical reproduction. For Adam, it was physical and spiritual until they fell into sin. For us, it's spiritual. But listen, he gave the mission first, and then the promise of meat came second. And, and man, we get that backwards many, many times. The mission has to be a priority. It has to be primary. The meat is given in regards to the mission. Now, this is where we struggle. Because many of us in this room, man, we, we need to be about evangelism and discipleship. We know that. We come from good churches. And man, you even came to this conference. And I'm glad you came to this conference. But listen... If, if, the, if the mission is secondary in your life, you'll never get the meat that God needed you to have. You, you'll never get the susten, sustenance that you need. You'll never be fully effective in the mission. It has to become a must. It has to become a priority. We see the same thing in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood. Listen, Noah was given a mission, then he was given meat, for the mission, you see the exact same thing in Genesis chapter 9. God judged the earth. He sent the flood. God confirmed the mission through Noah, now just a physical kingdom. But listen, Genesis 9, verses 1 to 3, God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Then get to verse 3. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb, have I given you all things? The mission was primary, and the meat is to support the mission. Hey, man, can, can I just tell you, look, we have to be about it. It has to become a settled issue in our hearts. For most of us as Christians, we, we try to do the mission second, third, fourth, fifth, with all the leftover time and all the leftover money and all the leftover energy that we have because we pursued the meat with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Man, and, and we wonder, 
why the mission isn't being accomplished. Well, look, those disciples missed out on the mission because they were more concerned with meat than the mission. Now, here's what's interesting. When Christ engages this woman, and again, I wish we had time, but, but James wouldn't give me four and a half hours this morning, but <laughs> that's, for you. that's for your sake. <laughs> what's interesting is after this encounter with this Samaritan woman, what, what happens in her life is absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, we can learn from what happens in her life. Look at John chapter 4 and verse 28. The Bible says, the woman then left her water pot. Now, wait a second. She went to the well to get water. She, that was the priority in her life. It was a physical need that she thought she had. But as soon as she met Christ, she left the water pot. And what did she do? She, she went her way into the city and saith to the men. By the way, she would have had a reputation with the men if, if you've read the passage. Hello? She said to the men, come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? And so listen, can I just tell you in that Samaritan woman's life, the meat became secondary and the mission became the provision that she needed. Because all of a sudden, man, she got missional. And she began to tell other people, come and see a man that told me all that I ever did. She got engaged and sharing Christ with other people. Her meat became doing the will of her father. All of a sudden, her immediate need or her perceived need was secondary to the provision of the mission. And what she, what she begins to do is invite others to come and see and hear Christ's words. Now, now here's what we can learn by way of application in her life. She was willing to leave some things so that she could go and fulfill the mission. And what she left was her water pots. And here's the question for us. Listen, what are we willing to leave? Man, as followers of Christ, what are we willing to leave so that we can go and fulfill the mission of making disciples? You know, for some of us, for some of us, God's going to ask us this week to leave some relationships so that we can be a disciple of Jesus Christ and so that we can be fully engaged in the mission. For some of us, God's going to ask us to leave hobbies. For some of us, God's going to ask us to leave the things that consume our time, our energy, and our resources so that we can be about his mission. And listen, we have to make a choice because we come face to face with Christ and we've realized that what I thought I needed is not what I really needed. He is who I needed. And now that I've met him, well, it energizes, it, char it, 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 it charges me, it empowers me to be about the mission. Man, she left those water pots, and she became missional. And for those of us that want to be true disciples of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to leave some things so that we can go and do some things to be about his mission. And so I, my prayer for me and my prayer for you is that whatever the water pot is, we leave it. We leave it here. What is the thing that hinders us? from fully committing to the mission of making disciples. What is the thing? Well, I just don't have time. I don't know the Bible enough. Listen, you can know the Bible at this church. Hello? I'll just make sure y'all are awake. <laughs> you have an amazing pastor. You have amazing pastors. You have amazing Bible teachers at this church. 
there's no excuse not to know the Bible at this church. Now, some churches don't have that, but we're not talking about other churches. If you're part of this church, by the way, if you're a guest today, come back next week and you, you'll be <laughs> like, man, who's that weird guy from Alabama? Okay, just, he'll be gone, come back next week. But listen, this is the place where you can come and get it, it, equipped and trained and discipled and, and, and have the opportunity in the local church context to learn ministry. This is the place. But man, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. You got to be willing to leave the water pot so that you can go. Number three, let's, let's wind it down here. So, so look, number three, the mission of making disciples. And, and let me read, give you the point, and I'll read the passage. The mission of making disciples must be met with purpose. So go back to verse 34, because this is kind of where we started. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So Christ's meat, his provision, his fuel, his purpose wasn't just to do the work, but it was to finish the work. And listen, the work won't be finished on accident. It takes purpose, intentionality. I think, listen, I don't, I don't know how you are, man. Like, so we moved to Huntsville several years ago uh, from Decatur, and we bought a house, and we bought an older house, and I started some renovation. And I'm going to get in trouble because my wife is in here, and so I'm accountable for what I'm about to say. But, uh, and so we started some renovation, right? We, we, we scraped the ceiling, uh, the, the, the spray foam or the spray texture off the ceilings. You know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever done that? Listen, whoever the dude was on YouTube that said that was a good idea, I'd like to meet him in person because that, that's horrible. And so that's horrible. We did that. We painted. We put trim up. We, man, we've changed the windows. We cut down trees. We put down the laminate flooring. I started really good. Uh, we're still not done with the renovations. <laughs> and we've only lived in the house, how long? 11 years. I mean, you know, <laughs> truly, who is counting other than my wife, though? I mean, honestly, tr who is counting? I mean, the years just fly by. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to start. Man, it's so hard to finish. It's so hard to finish. And, and listen, you know that's true in discipleship. It's easy to get excited. Man, I want to get discipled. I need to get discipled. And then you start, and then it gets hard. And then you, you wonder, man, what else could I be doing with my time and my energy and my resources? I could be involved in the mission, and I go out on evangelism night, and I witness one week. And, and then the next week, I don't show back up. Why? Because I got busy. Man, it's easy to start. It's hard to finish. God's will for our life is to do the work, but it's also to finish the work. And so Christ is showing us a submissiveness and a selflessness in his relationship to his Father. Christ had a right relationship as a son to the Father so that not only did he do the work, but he was committed to finish the work. And so as you study the Bible, listen, there, there's at least three things that, that Christ is going to accomplish in his work. Number one, he's going to work to restore the nation of Israel. You see that picture in John chapter 4 because he must needs go through Samaria. And listen, Romans chapter 11 tells us very clearly that God's not forsaken his people. Israel will be restored. Secondly, Christ finished the work of making disciples. And we see that in John 17. And and, and listen, this is well before the cross. This is when Christ, this is the true Lord's prayer, if you will. 
He's praying to his heavenly father in John 17. And in verses 1 to 8, it says this, These words spake Jesus, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they which know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. Listen, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now listen, this is not the work of redemption. This is not the work of the cross. But what it is, is the work of making disciples. James said it earlier, man. Christ trained 12 men. And he did it. And he completed it. And he finished it. He says in verse 5, And now, O Father, now, o Father glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had before thee, uh, with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, thou gavest me, that kept thy word. Now they have known all things whatsoever thou hast given me uh, are of thee, and I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. I've manifested your name, I've given them the words. Evangelism and discipleship. I've shown who you are, and I've given them your words, and listen, they've received them. And so now the work is finished. And so discipleship can be completed. And listen, number one, it ought to be completed in your life. It ought not to be a perpetual, never-ending process. Man, I'm 20 years in this thing, and I'm still trying to be. Listen, you ought to be a disciple. The work ought to be finished. And as we're just, by God's grace, discipling other people, that process has a beginning, and it also has an ending. doesn't mean that we ever stop following Christ, but listen, there is a... There is kind of an end in this work of making disciples. And we need to finish it, amen? We need to finish it. And, and, and tr by God's grace, listen, people will receive those words. And then ultimately, number three, you know that Christ finished the work of redemption. I'm thankful he finished the work of redemption. Listen, I'm thankful it wasn't a might or a maybe, but that he finished it. He, he didn't finish the work of redemption like I finished my home remodel. <laughs> he actually completed it, right? Luke 22 and verse 42, saying, Father, if thou, will, if thou will be willing, remove this cup from me. Christ says to his Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And man, as he, as he hung on the cross right before he gave up the ghost, he says in John 19 and verse 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And so another work that he finished was the work of redemption. And man, many of us as Christians, listen, we need to learn from Christ's example. Because most of us are good at starting something. You started discipleship, you started leadership training, maybe you started LFBI, whatever it works out in your local church. You started, but man, you haven't finished. Finish the work. Make a plan. Listen, don't just start. Make a plan to finish. And what's beautiful is, in this passage in John chapter 4, man, this Samaritan woman became a fisher of men just as Christ was a fisher of men and, and women, mankind, right? She became a fisher of men just as Christ became a fisher of her. Because it says in John 4 and verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. 
So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he bowed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. They said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Listen, that woman used her testimony to introduce Christ to other people. And then after they responded to that, she brought them to Christ so that they could hear his words. That sounds a lot like discipleship, doesn't it? Man, we manifest Christ's name, we preach the gospel, we share what Christ has done in our life and how he's, he's revealed our sin and yet he's forgiven us. And then through a process of discipleship, we bring people to the very words of Christ so that they can believe on him. And that's, that's what it's all about. It has a beginning. It has an ending. It's a process that can be completed. And, and let me just, in closing, very quickly, give you a couple of examples. Man, as we study this thing in the Bible, God always finishes what he starts. He always finishes what he starts. And again, very quickly, man, in, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, God began the recreation of the earth. And the Bible says in Genesis 2 and verse 1 that the heavens and the earth were finished. He started... And then he finished. In Exodus 40 and verse 33, the Bible tells us that Moses began to, 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 to build and construct the tabernacle. And then it says in verse 33 that Moses finished the work. Concerning God's word, Moses finished the writing of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 24 to 26. Solomon, King Solomon, constructed the temple. And listen, he began it, and he finished it, 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 14. Paul said in Acts chapter 20 that he was praying that he might finish his course with joy. And by 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, Paul says, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, and I've kept the faith. And Jesus Christ was focusing on finishing the will of his Father not feeding his fleshly desires. And some of us in the room, man, listen, we need to learn from that. Some of us haven't even got started. And that's the first step for you. The first step for you may be to come to Christ as Lord and Savior, to receive the forgiveness that he offers you through his shed blood. For some of you that understand that, the first step for you is going to be to be baptized or, or maybe to begin a discipleship relationship. But you need to go into that knowing whatever I begin, by God's grace, I want to finish it. MTT, LFBI, all of those things are to prepare us and equip us to do the mission. Christ says, man, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now listen, I got one more passage. and I don't know if it's on the screen. John chapter 21, it is. John chapter 20. It's cool that you got that nice screen in the back. That's really nice. John chapter 21, later in this story, late, not in this story, but later in the life of the disciples, this is after the resurrection, right? Christ has spent so much time with his disciples, teaching them, modeling for them ministry, commissioning them, sending them, all the different things. He goes to the cross. He finishes the work of redemption. He resurrects, and in John chapter 21, verses 2 to 9, this is an interesting passage. The Bible says there were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Canaan and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two of his other disciples. And Simon Peter said to them, I go a fishing. And they said to him, we also 
go with thee. And they went forth and they entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught what? These aren't, and these are professionals, right? These, these guys know how to fish. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto them, and listen, this question had to bring them back to John chapter 4. Here's the question. Because you dudes are still out here fishing for fish. And I told you in Matthew chapter 4 that if you'll follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And from the shore as he sees them toiling and laboring in the boats and fruitless, here's the question. Children, have you any meat? And they answered, It begs the question, what in the world were they doing in the boat? Well, they were focusing on the meat instead of the mission. And they were fruitless in their labor. And man, Christ calls them to repentance. And again, man, as you read through the rest of the story, verses 6 through 9, man, they, they realize it's the Lord. Peter clothes himself because he's naked. He jumps in. He swims to the shore. The Bible says in verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, listen, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Because the disciples weren't focused on the mission, they were focused on the meat. They didn't have what they needed. They weren't focused on finishing, they were focused on their fleshly desires. And Christ calls out to them as a father would to a son. Have you any meat? And the answer was no. Listen, because the mission wasn't a priority. The mission wasn't their provision. And man, listen, the mission wasn't their purpose. So the question for us this morning is, listen, will we finish the mission? And, and listen, if the Lord would ask you today, hey, do you have any meat? what would your answer be? And if it's anything other than the mission that he's given you to do, the answer has to be no. The answer has to be no. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we love you this morning, God. I thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And Lord, I want to be, I want to be like that Samaritan woman. I want to be someone who's, who's come face to face with you, God, and in my sin received forgiveness. And now, I have a purpose to my life. Father, thank you for the example of Christ reproducing himself in this Samaritan woman, that, that she became evangelistic, that she became a, a, a vessel to connect other people to your words, that she left her water pot, she left her, her meat, her sustenance, so that she could focus on the mission. God, would you bless us today? Help us to respond rightly to your word. Whatever we need to leave, so that we can go. We trust you with that, and we ask it in Christ's name. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit lffellowship.com. God bless.